hey, I think, I think, did some of you make a resolution to sit somewhere new? I'm looking around and I, uh, and I see people in different spots. Wow. Good for you. Good for you. I mean, good, good for you. Good for you. Hey, I want to I want to share a word with you this morning. The title is Your Prayer Altar. We're we're talking at the beginning of the year about laying a new foundation in our own lives personally, uh, a new foundation, an altar of prayer, and also believing that that same that same altar will continue to be to be built uh, in our our church. And so uh, I want to talk to you this morning on this title. Uh, your prayer altar and uh, the presence of God. Um, Psalm 84. I'm just going to read it out of uh, my Excalibur. I don't. Uh, uh, we don't have the slides for this until later, so don't worry about that up there, guys. And a uh, a welcome to our live stream audience. I know you're watching and love you guys and gals out there. And thanks for all the the good words you send out and, and encouraging us. And uh, we consider you a part of us. Happy Sunday to you. Psalm 84, David says, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs and even yearns for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh sing for joy to the living God. The bird also has found a house and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young. Even at your altar, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. How blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. How blessed is the man whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. Passing through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. The early rain also covers it with blessings, and they go from strength to strength, every one of them, until they appear before God in Zion. Behold our shield, O God, and look upon the face of your anointed, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord gives grace and glory and no good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, how blessed is the man who trusts in thee. Your prayer altar, my prayer altar, and the presence of God. Before we get into the word, I want to just give you a word about Mark. My friend, your friend, our brother, Mark Rose. In my life, God gave me a friend, a brother. The Bible says a brother is born for adversity. Mark and I shared a brotherhood. And in times of adversity, we had one another. And I have a lot of good friends. and Mark was up there in the tops. We talked through times of uh, leadership decisions and met every Tuesday morning with Tim's, Dr. Tim Skiles at Cafe Mark and uh, talked about our lives in the Lord and talked about adversities and talked about taking bold steps as men, men of God, leaders. I want to tell you something. Mark Rose prayed over you and prayed over this church 
and fought battles for you, fought battles for me. Mark Rose prayed over you and this church as much, if not more, than many. And one of the things we discussed over the last year or so, he and I knew that prayer, laying a new foundation of prayer, laying a new altar, challenging our church to pray, was the new must for us. We talked about calling a young generation to prayer being the key to going where the Lord wants our church to go, not just today, but tomorrow. So this message is in honor of my friendship with Mark, his love, his faith, and his gifts. The gift that he was and is to me and to us at the LOH. There's a verse I'm going to use in his memorial service later this week. Blessed are those who die in the Lord for their works will follow after them. David wrote this psalm, Psalm 84. David was a man after God's own heart. God said that about him. He didn't say that about him. David was very passionate. He was extremely imperfect. He had hot blood. If you read some of David's psalms, when he's not in the high stratosphere and he's going through the rough of the rough and the enemies after him, there'll be a time where he'll just get candid and say, kill them and their mother, you know, pretty much. I mean, David had hot blood. He wasn't a wimp. He had anger issues. Look at your wife and say, I'm feeling more like David every day. <laughs> David had a moral failure. That's an understatement. David had issues, but God corrected him, and God used him. And I say all that to say, no matter who you are or who I am, you can be used by God. Here's the key. Just let him keep breaking you and breaking you. Keep going after God. There have been times where I've felt like the biggest failure, and I've said to God, God, I hope you're not going to kick me out because I'm not going to let you. You're stuck with me. I have nowhere else to go. Keep going. And give him your whole heart, even if your whole heart has a bunch of holes in it. Establish a new prayer altar in your life, in the presence of God. Because prayer is more than talking to God. There are a lot of people who talk to God, but their life doesn't change. But when you meet with God, your life, my life, changes. Now, David's going to show us some things in this psalm about what happens to people when they lay a prayer altar in the presence of the Lord. Would you join me in prayer before we go there? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the hope of eternal life. We thank you, as that song we just sang said, we can wake, awaken to heaven. 
Friday night standing by my brother. He took his last breath here and his first breath with you. And we celebrate, even in our sorrow, a precious member of our church, a servant leader, Mark Rose. And in the name of Jesus and in his name, we pray that his works would follow after and that men and women would hear you say, next man up, next woman up. That you would stir all of our hearts to lay a new altar of prayer in your presence and help us to discover today the greatness of how you change lives through meeting you in your presence. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Your prayer altar and the presence of God. Here's what we find, first of all. We find a hallowed discovery where delightful hunger is recreated. If you look at verses 1 and 2, I'd like you to read them out loud with me. It starts with the yellow word, how. Would you read it out loud with me? How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. You know what he is saying there? He is saying when you establish prayer in the presence of the Lord, you will have a hallowed discovery where delightful hunger is recreated. Because you've been there. David was, has been there. Some of you have been there. You've discovered the glorious majesty that is the hallowed presence of the Lord. David describes it with the word lovely. How lovely is your dwelling place? Anyone else discovered the presence of God is lovely? It's lovely. And because you experience the taste, though it fills you up, you have to have more. You have to have more. That's what David said. My heart and my flesh are crying out. It isn't coming from a man who's never been there needing God. It's because he's tasted that he said, I've got to have what I have tasted before. God creates that in us. We don't have to stir up that because we don't have it in us. But the grace of God to us will create a seeking heart. God himself does it. When we get in his presence, you know what happens? We get in his presence. And his presence gets in us. The Bible says, oh, taste and see. Taste and see that the Lord is good. That means he meets the deepest need in his presence and brings such a delight that we hunger for more. We don't hunger because we don't have. We hunger because we've tasted. David said, I have tasted the lovely presence of God, and I have to have more. What happens to us when we put our prayer altar in the presence of God? We have a hallowed discovery that our hunger for God intensifies. Here's another thing. Verses, verses four, verse 3. Would you read it? Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young, a place near your altar, Lord Almighty, my King and my God. What else do we discover? A home. A home where your heart can find safety as you grow. Here is what I know. When we live in the presence of God, 
When we, when we plant an altar in the presence of the Lord, a meeting place, we find that we're home in our heart. And we also find safety. And we also realize that as we grow, God's going to keep us safe. Look how he describes it. Every beating heart in this room, every beating heart that isn't even thinking about going to church, reading the Bible, coming to Jesus, every person who has a beating heart is trying to find its way home. They don't know it. Home isn't where the heart is. Have you ever heard that? Home is where the heart is. Home isn't where the heart is. God's presence is the home my heart and yours and yours is truly searching for. We were created to live in the presence of God. Even little birdies are welcome. Even the sparrow. And the mama bird lays her baby bird where? Near your altar. It's called a nest. A safe place. A place to be safe as you grow. When we lay a foundation of prayer in the presence of God, we are in a safe place where our heart feels like it's home. And we are safe and we can grow. It makes me think of our kiddos. It makes me think of the little ones right now that are in Shine Kids. It makes me think of our babies and our toddlers in the nursery. And, it, and, and, and think of this with me. Have you ever heard, ever heard the phrase that says, teach a man to fish and he can feed himself for a lifetime? You ever heard that? Teach a kid to build an altar in the house of the Lord and his or her heart will always know the way home. Even the sparrow, even the birds. Teach a kid, teach a kid to build an altar of prayer in the house of the Lord, and his or her heart will always know the way home. Here's what heaven is crying out today to the broken man, to the deserted woman, to the lost soul, even in church. For the person who can't stop the destructive acts that are destroying themselves and everyone around them. Heaven says, come to my throne of grace and open your heart and I'll bring you home. And I'll make your life safe and I'll help you grow. Place your heart like an altar in the presence of the Lord. And even you, even you can find a home, a heart where you can find safety as you grow. Are you writing these down? What do you think, I'm holy up here and I came up with this on my own? The Lord gave me these. Are you writing these down? Are you, if not, are you going to remember these by this afternoon? I mean, there's a lot of people in Boston, they're not able to hear the word of the Lord today because Tom Brady got beat yesterday. <laughs> it's over. Are you writing these down? The Lord gave these to me. A prayer altar in the presence of the Lord. What do we find? Here's what else we find. We find a home where your heart finds inspiration and strength. 
inspiration. Would you read these with me out loud? Ready? Go. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. Would you say out loud those yellow words? The first one is what? What's the next ones? What's the next one? And what's the next one? We're talking about what we discover and experience when we place a prayer altar in the presence of the Lord. You know what we get? We get blessed. We, we are ever praising. And we have strength as we're on our journey. Blessed. Enough said, right? Blessed. Huh? Ever praising. Let me tell you what it means. Ever praising. It means inspired. Even when you're in trouble. It means inspired, even when you're going through problems. It doesn't mean problems never come. It doesn't mean trouble never comes. What it means is that even in trouble, even in trials, even in problems, my sights are set higher. It means that I have hope in my eyes. Even in trouble, I have hope. What happens to those who, who set an altar a consistent altar of prayer, a meeting place and time in the presence of the Lord. You know what happens? Blessing, inspiration of praise even in troubled times, and strength. Who gets this? People who have a permanent residency in the presence of the Lord. Oh, that the LOH would hear this invitation from the Lord for our homes, for our house, for this house. Oh, that the altar of prayer would be burning and the incense would constantly be coming up before the Lord. Why? Because then you have a strong church. I'm not talking about the walls. I'm not talking about this, although I hope it holds me. I'm talking about strong people. I'm talking about getting through and getting there. I'm talking about our kids being safe, knowing that no matter what's going on in their home or outside their home, they have a nest. They're at the altar of the Lord of heaven's armies with hope in their eyes. I got my hope set high. Strength. The presence of God is where we get clear eyes and a strong heart. Imagine, because our altars of prayer, our altars of prayer around your bed, our altars of prayer in your life and in mine, as, and, and, the, and the incense daily rising to God, that people come into our gatherings on Sunday or in your home uh, group meetings, and they come in without hope, weary and wounded, and they get their hopes set high. They start seeing God and life in new ways and their situation with new eyes, not because they prayed it in, but because you prayed it in. We prayed it in. Imagine if you pray and I pray and lay an altar in the presence of God for Sundays, for every time we gather, and you don't come in here looking for coffee first. You come here looking for the presence of God first. Maybe we need to do away with the coffee. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just want to see if you're paying attention. 
I don't remember one thing he said about God, Jesus, or the Bible, but he said something about getting rid of coffee. (laughs) How can we be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord? How? By placing an altar of prayer in the presence of the Lord. What else can we find? A home where seasons of weeping can't weaken you forever. Paul said, weep with those who weep. That means there will be times we're all going to weep. Because this life will lead us through valleys. Valleys are more difficult than others. Weeping. We aren't exempt from weeping. Because life can get so hard Life can get so hard that even the strongest in the faith can wonder if they can last another day. Set your prayer altar in the presence of the Lord. If we know Jesus, it doesn't exempt us from weeping times. But we weep and we struggle and we go through pains with the privilege of knowing we're always welcome to come to the well that exists only in the secret place of the Most High God. There is a fountain of strength. There is a wellspring. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High God shall live under the shadow of the Almighty. And when I live there, something rises up in the wellspring of my life, and I will say of the Lord that He is my rock, my fortress, my God, in whom I will trust. That's how David describes it. David says this. Did I have the verse up there? I do. Will you read it with me? As they pass through the valley of Baca, stop. The Hebrew word for Baca is the word weeping. As they pass through the valley of weeping, join me, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength until each appears before God in Zion. Zion is a a phrase for heaven. All right, so the yellow again. Pass through. Say it out loud. Pass through. Springs, pools, from strength to strength in Zion. David is saying, we will go through times in life where the storm will be so strong and so hard that it might even dry up your spirit. You know, if you look at your screen, your computer screen so long, there's a new thing they discovered that, the, that your eyes can dry out. That's, that's the new thing we're learning. What do you think we're all going to learn in about 20 years after uh, we've basically stuck our phones to our forehead? I wonder what we'll be like in 20 years. In the 60s, they started to think that cigarettes caused cancer. Um, when, Wonder, wonder what in 2040 uh, we're all going to be thinking why we wished we didn't spend so much. Anyway, um, but you can dry your eyes out. 
When you go through storms of life, you can dry, your eyes can get dried out. Your spirit can get dried out. But David said, here's an alternative. Place an altar in the presence of God because you're going to have to pass through valleys of weeping. But when you do, here's what you can do. You can make it a spring. It reminds me of Dylan's song, uh, The Shelter from the Storm on Blood of the Tracks. And you say, why use Dylan? Well, he's my friend. And Bob, if you're watching by live stream, I won't let anybody know. You can call me, though. Um, Paul does. Anyway, um, why Dylan in a sermon? Well, I love Dylan, but my buddy Mark Rose, uh, when he was in the, in, the, in the hospital down there, they had this be- these beautiful people that would come in uh, to these people that are struggling and facing you know, the, the last days of their life, and, and they come in to play music for them, and they asked Jen what kind of music her husband Mark liked to listen to. You know what he said? That's what we'd all say. KC and the Sunshine Band. <laughs> and Bob Dylan. Right? If you have one, you've got to have the other, right? I mean, there's nothing that's similar as Casey and the Sunshine Band and Bob Dylan. And I didn't ask Jen, you know, what Mark's favorite Casey and the Sunshine Band song was, but I can only think of three. Boogie Shoes, Shake Your... Um, and then uh, <laughs> Get Down Tonight or whatever. Maybe there's another one, but they were pretty good songs. I grew up in the 70s. I like them, too. Um, And no, uh, Play That Funky Music was not written by Casey and the Sunshine Band. That was written by the group. Come on, 70s folks. No, you need to get saved. I'm just kidding. No, I'm, I'm, no, no, no. I'm just, I'm really kidding. I'm really, I'm, I'm just, yeah. I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I have the record at home, so I'm, I'm really kidding. I'm really kidding. No. Bob Dylan. That's where I got the the shelter from the storm. Come in, I'll give you shelter from the storm. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. They, the passers through, they can make the valley of weeping a place of springs. And then it says, outside of them, the autumn rains come down and, and, and cover them and make a pool. And out of the springs that come from within the they, and from the rain that comes from above, from the one who's looking at us who lives in the secret place, we get watered up. And when you have water, you can weep. And when you weep, you can get better. And when you weep, you can get stronger. And you can go from strength to strength until we stand before God in heaven. We weep our way back to strength sometimes. And sometimes you have to get in the presence of God for the tears to flow. You don't have to try to cry. And sometimes you get in the presence of God when your eyes are dry. And God gives you the ability to cry and weep. And through that weeping, refreshing comes. And you go from strength to strength. Keith Green wrote a song a long time ago that said, My eyes are dry. My faith is old. My heart is hard. My prayers are cold. But I know how I ought to be, alive to you and dead to me. So what can be done for an old heart like mine? Soften it up with oil and wine. The oil is you, your spirit of love. 
Wash me anew in the wine of your blood. God will place his name on our foreheads, and the former things will have passed away forever. When we personally get there, he will wipe all the tears away. But until then, cry, because he'll bottle every tear up for us. David talks about this. He talks about God refreshing us when we're going through hard places with the water of the well within and the rain that comes down from above. In the 36th Psalm, he says, All may drink of the anointing that flows in the abundance of your presence. All may drink their fill from the delightful springs of Eden. To know you is to experience a flowing fountain, drinking in your life, springing up to satisfy. In your light we receive the light. Lord, keep pouring out your unfailing love on those who are near you. Release more of your blessings to those who are loyal to you. Jesus said God would make our spirits like a spring of living water. And when his blood washes our sins away and we're born from above, a spring flows and bubbles up within us and gives us strength. David also says, though, there is a place where God lets rain come down on us. I place my life and my altar before your altar in the presence of you, of you, O Lord. And I ask to meet with you so I can go from strength to strength. I need to meet with God sometimes because my heart gets too old and my prayers get too cold and my eyes get too dry. But God can come and cause tears to flow again and break me and make me sweet again. Because I'll either dry up in the hard places of my life or I will find refreshing that comes from the key being turned in my soul by the touch of God's hand that causes me to weep away the sorrows. What can happen when I place my altar in the presence of the Lord? Some, something else. A home that none other can be compared to. Verse 10, would you read it out loud? Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Spurgeon said this about this psalm. He says, it matters little when this psalm was written or by, or, or for our part it, exhale, it exhales to us a Davidic perfume. It smells of the mountain Heather and the lone places of the wilderness where David must have often lodged during his many wars. I love that. Prayer, a place where we often lodge during our many wars. This sacred ode, said Spurgeon, is one of the choices of his collection. It has a mild radiance about it, and I entitle it the Pearl of Psalms. God makes pearls with those who meet with him. What else does placing our altar in the presence of the Lord do? We find it's a home where we get an invitation of a lifetime. Think about it. David describes God like this in the 11th and 12th. Read it with me. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. So, here are the questions 
that I'm asking myself as the Lord has unfolded this message to me and I'm unfolding it with you. Here are the questions that I'm asking myself about my hunger. Do I have hunger pains or holy pleasures? Do I hunger in a way that what I go after creates more pain in my life? Or does my hunger create holy pleasures? Here's another question. Am I safe and secure under the sun and shield? God says that he'll be a sun and shield to those who place their altar in the presence of the Lord. He actually says he'll watch over the little birdies. We train our children to grow up in the house of the Lord and establish an altar in the presence of God. Here's another question. Am I bored or blessed? Here's some more questions. Dried, dark, and weary, or weeping near the well of the refreshing one? Or would you rather hunger for the glory or be misled by the glitter? Our hearts will go after something. Every heart in the world is going after something. And it's going after something to fulfill the something in them that's missing. And Almighty God, by His mercy and grace, has given us revelation that there is an answer and an invitation for us to find everything that we didn't even know we were looking for. How did God make a way for any person to be able to experience all these wonderful things? Here's what happened. Christ has placed a cross across the great gap between us and the glorious presence of the Lord. That's what he did. There was this gap fixed. There was this gap fixed between us and God. And Christ placed a cross across that gap. There's an old hymn that says, the way of the cross leads home. That's true. That's where our brother Mark is right now. The way of the cross leads home. I ask you a question. Are you going to make it to heaven? Live stream. Are you going to make it to heaven? Heaven's for a very long time, and so is hell. It's forever. Nothing that you're going through right now is forever. But the last breath you take here, before you cross into eternity, will be where you will spend forever. And the only way to spend forever, home, is to walk 
across the cross that Jesus has placed there. There is no other way to get home. There is no other way to get home. But there is a way to get home. Thank you, God. I'm not mad at God because He only made one way. I'm thankful to God that He made a way. None of us deserve a way. Who do we think we are? You know why we strut? Because we don't spend any time in the presence of God. Have you come to the cross and finally surrendered your goodness for the godly gift of grace? Have you come to the cross and finally surrendered your guilt so you can be forgiven and know you have boldness to come into complete freedom in the presence of the Lord? Church, L-O-H, my brother, my sister, our leaders, our ministers, our servers, our greeters, our children's workers. We are not home yet. And we are not finished yet. The job isn't even halfway done. LOH, we have to win souls to Christ. We have to build up people in the faith. We have to raise up these kids in the house of the Lord. We have to mentor young men and women. Old forgotten saints in this church need to be reminded of their worth and their contribution of the past that you and I today are experiencing the blessing of. We need to honor their contribution and know that we know them and let them know we care. I need you to be the next man up. I need you to be the next woman up. God is calling some of us to become pillars in the house of the Lord. Mentors, models, prayer warriors, vision casters. Do you pray? I bet the answer is yes. I bet everybody in this room prays. But let me ask you a deeper question. Is your prayer life like setting an altar in the presence of the Lord? Where you say, God, I will not do one thing with my ideas unless they are birthed from a time of prayer in your presence. God, I will do nothing with your idea that you gave me unless it's continually bathed in prayerful communion with you. Don't do anything until you've prayed it through. Listen, listen. No talent. No amount of Bible knowledge, history, stories of yesteryear will take us into tomorrow. Only the Holy Spirit knows the way into tomorrow, and He's not in a book. The Holy Spirit is not 
at the self-serve, drive-through, quick-fix church of the doer's window. He is at an old, fashioned, earthly, non-glittery altar awaiting you and awaiting me where the angels are standing by. Would you stand, please? Mark Rose and I knew that prayer, laying a new altar, challenging this church to pray was the next new thing. Calling a new generation, you, 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 to pray in a way where God will take us somewhere. This message is in honor of my brother who would come here and get the coffee ready. I'd come down Moss Avenue and his car would be one of the first ones here and he would get that ready and then he would be walking through the sanctuary praying for God to touch people that he knew and people that he didn't know. Praying for his pastor to stay on point and, 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 to, and, and to have the touch of God. God on his life. Praying for people that didn't know Jesus to meet Jesus. My sister posted yesterday regarding Mark Rose, quote, tears for the loss of a caring friend. May the many, many prayers he prayed continue to be incense before the Lord. And I would add, may we pick up the baton and add our many, many, many prayers that we pray and in a manner that they are incense rising before the Lord. Put your life at the cross and you'll become a praying person. And heaven will move in our lives. I want to challenge every one of us today. Holy Spirit of God, there isn't one thing you want us to do for you, but there are many things that you want to do through us. And may we discover them at the altar in the presence of the Lord. I honest to God believe there's a higher calling than for you and I to exercise whatever our gifts and talents are. There's a higher calling than to preach. It's a call to pray. Because words from heaven come from praying people. Father, I just pray in Jesus' name that you would turn this room right now into a hallowed place. And we would hear you say what David said. You said to my heart, seek my face. And my heart said back, Lord, your face I will seek in Jesus' name.